Ladies and gentlemen, time has come. This is the Eat Sleep Elite Repeat Podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown. Introducing first, the most electrifying and all of professional wrestling podcasts. Charlie. Vegas is here. It is time to throw down your bets, everybody. Oh, by the way, I am the Digital Duke. I am the Digital Phantom, also known as Bane Duke. What's up, everybody? All yes, right. Um, they also call me Garrett sometimes, but I don't know. I don't know if I want to use that name anymore. Occasionally, Occasionally you hear me referred to by that on, that on this show, so I guess I should uh, throw that in there as well. Oh, wow. The season finale, Charlie. Wow. Can you believe it? Yep. Season finale. Eat, uh, sleep, elite, man. We, our cycle runs through double or nothing, and that means we're going to facelift next week, baby. Absolutely, the show's gonna be gonna be different, but it's gonna be better. Uh, you know, it, it's you gotta, you gotta come with the improvements over time. You know, Dave, we, I don't know if you all noticed this from listening over the course of this. Those of you that do listen week to week, but uh, when we first started the show, we didn't like have any of the sound effects. Well, we might have had some of the stuff. I forget what all we had. To be honest with you, I'd have to go back. Like, I didn't take notes on the stuff we had, but like, you know, we've been slowly making improvements to the show over time. Um, we hope that it shows. But um, just before we get into the good, good stuff, like our favorites, AW Dark Elevation and Dark and the rest of the shows, uh, you know, as you know, we, we, there's a couple of orders of business. Wow, I just fumbled all over my words there. There's a couple of orders of business to take care of off the top. Uh, the first of which being our Twitter. You can take us, uh, blip, 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 blip. our Twitters, you can follow us on. Uh, you can follow me at Bane Duke, like I said at the top of the show. That's B A N E D U K E. And you can follow Charlie at O Charlie with an X instead of an A. Nailed the second one, screwed up the first one. Genius. All right. Um, but there's Amen. also, a, you know, there's obviously various podcasts. But I am just a flub machine tonight. There's <laughs> multiple podcasts. This is a banger, banger episode. Botchamania. All right. Um, the, so uh, anyway, there's multiple podcast platforms you might be listening to us on. Be that Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Make sure you follow or subscribe on your platform of choice. Leave us a review and let us know if you have any questions you want us to try and answer any you know, like favorite matches of all time. We may, we'll have to do shows like that at some point. We, yeah, we keep talking about doing all these companion shows and we, we don't always do them. But uh, and depending on when you guys are listening, I mean, we, we got about five hours of content coming at you within the next like 30 hours on our end. Yeah, you're going to so. be, you're going to be inundated with ESC have- for the next couple of days. If you're listening to Eat Sleep Elite on Sunday, chances are our double or nothing predictions are posted right now, which will be record. We will be recording instantly after and they'll be in your feeds relatively soon. And then yeah, Sunday, early, the latest would be like Sunday morning, I would think, right? Like, yeah. And then Sunday, our tradition is we cover the pay per view as soon as it's done because yep. we like to try and get it uploaded as soon as you guys want, or you know, maybe in the in Monday. Most people are going to be off work, or if you are working, I mean, you got your podcast listens to throughout the day, and we really appreciate that. So, yeah, like on your lunch break or whatever, you know, when you're like thinking about, oh man. That 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 match between CM Punk and Adam Page was just awesome. I, I wonder wonder what the boys think about it. You know, you can come and like it. You know, come take a look. They want to know our thoughts on Page Van Zandt's debut. I mean, they they just want to oh, know, bro. Absolutely, oh. <laughs> Garrett. I, we have no. We didn't even discuss who's going first for favorites this week. But I'm assuming it's you. Uh, I think I went first last week, but I don't know. I could actually check really quickly, but I don't know if hey, I mean. Um, I don't actually know, but Either let's way, just go in the final edition with this. Uh, I guess intro music we call it yeah you take the lead here what was your favorite segment of segment match you name it of the week so in a true uh you know marvel movie fashion the end is in the beginning we're starting at the end tonight with the last match that we actually saw this week which was chris statlander versus ruby soho the final semi-final match what a weird phrasing um of the owen hart memorial cup tournament all right um which I don't think we've actually called it one time on the show. I think we've just called it the Owen or something like that, but it doesn't really matter. Everyone knows what we're talking about. Uh, bro, this match was just, oh, I just pulled a Vince Russo at you. Anyway, um, but, but anyway, bro, so this match, bro, it was insane. So actually, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that for the whole segment. But anyway, um, but anyway, no, I really, I, so there was so many like small touches in this match that I'll just like highlight a few of right now. Um, yeah, it was, sure. it was, it was just like a perfect, like kind of match that I like. 
Um, it's kind of crazy. And this is not like a knock on women's wrestling. I really do enjoy a lot of the like WWE's like women's evolution that happened and like all the insane wrestlers that they brought up from the indie scene that like they would have never hired years ago or whatever, you know, kind of breaking that stigma. I was like super supportive of that. And I really liked a lot of those matches a lot more than what a lot of the men were doing at the time. But um, but in AEW traditionally, like they just don't have like it's been so awesome with the Owen getting multiple women's matches like all the time throughout multiple cards, you know, like it's been it's just been great because and we've also had feuds in the background like we finished up with Sarita and uh, Sheeta and we also had stuff with Britt Baker you know and obviously all the stuff that's going on with the baddies right now so we are just inundated with AEW women's wrestling which is what we've been asking for for a while um, but every yeah. match that in the Owen has from the women has been one of my favorites I think pretty much like for the like for the most part nearly like, I, I mean I think we're on a streak of at least three weeks in a row of one of us picked a favorite from them for sure. I mean, absolutely. And it's, you know, it, and obviously this is a match we saw a while back um, when Ruby Soho first got to AEW, excuse me, during the TBS title tournament. And that was a phenomenal match itself. Um, you know, there was like a small hesitation by Ruby, which is just like a nice little touch. That's like Ruby's, you know, wrestling IQ being like, oh, this was my friend. I can, you can use this, you know, and it's really, people yeah. talk about storytelling. I mean, that's and, literal storytelling. To, to piggyback the, off know, that idea. Stat played it perfect. I, I love the and idea stat. of Statlander working as the big. Yes, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, sorry, I needed to cough there. I couldn't. I could no, no, no problem. Was, and and I think it worked cracking. very well. And I got to say, um, so just a little statistic for you guys here. This was the okay. first uh, post 10 minute match of the Owen Hart women's tourney. This match oh, actually wow. went above 10 minutes and I feel like it was deserved. Yes. And I feel like. Because um, this, match, this match was absolutely probably, worthy of I mean, a main we'd have event, to go through the numbers, cool. but um, you know, Rampage it wouldn't really, necessarily, excuse me. Yeah. Rampage really just doesn't get these numbers. No, it's absolutely. And it's, it's crazy. Um, there was a clothesline that stat rocked uh, Ruby with, where I think Ruby just took just eight a forearm basically to the face. And it was just like, you, but ow, and ow, <laughs> ow, you know, like, <laughs> um, and then, uh, then there was like, oh dude, the hurricane Rana, they hit off the, like the middle rope, bro. That was so clean looking at first. I thought they like fucked it up, but it actually was just perfect. You know what I mean? Like, like, cause they, they flip a little weird, but it's, it was on purpose. Like, I think they just like knew the weight differential was going to be weird on the flip. So they just had stat just do like a front flip or something like, um, yeah, it was wild. And, and that, that to me, I, I agree. Yeah. And then I countered that into a power bomb. I mean, it's just like it, the only thing that I really disliked about the about it was like Ruby getting booed at the end. But like, go ahead and say what you were gonna say. I, yeah, I, I wasn't was just, a uh, fan of the booing. finishing up there. Like, um, I just it sucks that Ruby got booed at the end of it because this was just a really well put together match. Agreed. Agreed. So, yeah. Uh, going off of that, and and I'm with you, man. I really think. Statlander, Soho, and we, we've had my favorite Red Velvet match of hers recently. I loved Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm. And now I'm excited for this finale, man. And we'll dive into that a little more for our predictions. But to me, this is the right call for the finish. Soho and Britt Baker, you know? Yeah, it just sucks that the crowd wasn't like really like they didn't really like. I don't know. I think I I said something to you before we started the show, which was like it's it's it, it was just the unfortunate, and we'll get to it when we talk about it. But it was just unfortunate timing that Stat just cut like a really great promo, you know, in the pre-match. Which it was so. Yeah, we might actually. Yeah, that promo. So we'll come back to that, but I think it's it maybe is why the crowd went a certain way because they were already like super deep into, you know. What, what would this have been this would have been like the the, the third hour of wrestling so it's like you know like well no wait how many would that be including dark i don't know it really depends but like you know um yeah so this I think they, they shot a special live dark which we'll cover next week oh yeah so if they did yeah we'll and, cover that next week because they literally dropped it like right before we were about to yeah it was a, really annoying. yeah we don't need to add that to this so like I, we could have stretched another hour but it would have been super late like we, no one <laughs> needed us to do that like, we'll, we'll get to it eventually exactly. but <clears throat> and, um, and yeah so so go we'll jump into my favorite now and it's it's yes. it's a match and a segment i'd say okay for me it's it's the wardlow versus sean spears they could have gimmicked the hell out of the steel cage and you could have had wardlow just jump up and get out of it but they made sure that is not the case here they they went i loved the match itself i love the story being told around it and mjf taking the chair shot to the head to me was the cherry on top of this feud it wasn't Wardlow that delivered the blow, but he still got hit. 
And yes. I'm just whether it's for weeks in the buildup of Wardlow's turn, you saw him and Sean Spears having little things here. Like yeah. Wardlow would go for one more power bomb and Sean Spears wouldn't let him. Or or Sean Spears would constantly take his spotlight. And this has been a story building between these two guys, which aren't even the main feud, for like six months. And what's awesome is instead of just building up Sean Spears as like just like a guy who's going to lose to him, like what happened with CM Punk, you know, um, Sean Spears literally beat like multiple like people in that weight class in yes. the last couple of weeks. And it's been fun. Incredibly. And it made him look like an absolute monster killer, you know, and like. And it's, it's, I'll let you continue, but like, just, yeah. And, and we didn't have it on the news, but one of those was going to be carrying cross or killer cross. And he, he said, you know what? I think I want to be presented in a different manner. So he, he backed out of it. Yeah. Did you hear the reason why they were going to present him like the WWE did basically from what I heard? Like, yeah. And he was going to lose Scarlet. Like I just like, don't no think Scarlet. Okay. Let me just say if, if carrying cross comes to WWE as killer cross without Scarlet Bordeaux, I'm going to be upset. I'm just going to be honest with you. The Scarlet thing's just so good now, but yeah, man, this match, I don't, when I say something like Sean Spears has a great hand for the company, that's not a rag on him. Think of like Mara Jade being the emperor's hand, right? Like the f- Sean okay. Spears being in this spot has elevated this feud to another level. And it, it, Sean Spears should absolutely have at least a shot, if not a run, with the TNT Championship. I don't know why people look at Sean Spears and they're like, "Yeah, there's nothing there." Like everyone has always looked at him that way. That's why he was at WWE developmental for like almost. Yeah, like, I feel like he was looks- there for like 20 years or something. Like he had a wrestling career in developmental or something. Like I don't mean to rag on the guy, but like it, it's and, you know, and he, he got to say he also yeah. And another another thing I really liked um, the, also the Swanton Bomb. We know Jeff Hardy. Wardlow, it came out the past couple of days. Wardlow actually asked Jeff Hardy about that, and Hardy said, "Hey, man, go for it." So he he loves the way he does it himself. Wardlow just keeps adding to this move set. He he's just a fucking star, man. And breaking the handcuffs, I thought was a great touch too, bro. If 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 Hardy is gonna pass that move down to anybody, I mean, I would love for it to be you know. I mean, it looks like um didn't Nyla hit one a little while. Ago? Like I, I maybe, could be wrong. Maybe that maybe now that Jeff's there, they're trying to get in on it and be like, "Hey, man, what's what's?" Well, the Nyla deal? hit one before. Remember, because I remember I sent you a meme that was like de- that, that Nyla posted that was like Nyla death of Nyla Swanton as soon as Jeff debuted. You know, like um. Oh yeah, yeah. And, so yeah. So, so I don't. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, pretty sweet stuff. So those were our favorites this week. Um, we have a couple news things. If I'm missing something, maybe just you go ahead and slip it in there, but. I don't have um, any news written down, unfortunately. Andrade and Charlotte uh, got married, and actually both companies tagged each of them. Cool. You know, little things like that, man. I love seeing it. They're both stars for each company, so we love we love to see it. And then a, yeah, quick, a quick Best of Super Juniors update. In the A block, at 10 points each, we have Ace Austin and Taiji Ishimori. At 8 points, we got Hiromu Takahashi and Alex Zane and Sho. And let me just say, holy shit, Alex Zane is over in Japan. They showed autograph lines for each wrestler. Alex Zane was probably like seven times the amount of people compared to everyone else. That's crazy. The, the fucking, the top, the, the tour of Alex Zane, and we'll get into Great Okan. And the tour of Great Okan and the tour of Takeshita, these guys are getting over on the internet in opposite countries because of how likable they are. And Alex Zane is now – honestly, if I were them, I'd say fuck what we were doing. Let's push Zane to the top now. But I'm cool with Ace Austin doing it too. Wasn't like Uimura just in like an actual like pay-per-view style match or something? Like, Yeah, and on New Japan Strong. Yep. So Yeah, like a strong – like yeah. Like shout-outs. Like, and they had him like, like on there with like somebody major. I can't remember who it was, but it was like somebody big. I was like, that's pretty crazy. And uh, at six points, we had Yo, Clark Connors, and Francesco Akira. And then four points, we had Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Ryusuke Taguchi. So that's our A block. Again, the A block is fucking, it's beautiful. The B block, El Desperado and El Fantasmo at 10 points each. So our theory of those guys probably kind of running away with it are so far so true. Uh, Robbie Eagles, El Lindemann, and Wheeler Yuta all have eight points. So shout out Wheeler Yuta. TJP. Doki, 
Bushi all have six, and then Master Wado and Titan have four. So, so far in seven matches, you can kind of see no one's undefeated. Ten points means you're five and two, so on and so forth. So we're getting towards the end here. We're uh, we're starting to cross the, the – get near the finish line less than a week away. So next week we'll be talking about the finals. And, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it, man. Absolutely. I got to say, though, Hiromu Takahashi and Alex Zane fucking crushed it. And I don't I, – I can't help but root for Alex Zane. He's one of our – He's he's if you guys have heard this before, you're like, oh, here he goes again. He's one of our two hundred five live guys that we we always talk about. Whether it's Anthony Green, Alex Zane, Blake Christian, fuck it, we can add Anthony Henry to the list. And we had another one on AEW Rampage this week, and um, Tyler Rust. Yep. So these two hundred five live guys that worked their ass off with no one watching in 2020, I love seeing them get work, and I will always root for them. Absolutely. That being said, Garrett, uh, that was it for news. Again, shout out Wheeler Yuta. He's four and three. So since last time we talked, he hasn't lost. That's a good sign. Pick up the pace, buddy. You got to win the thing. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) who's going to get fucking replaced sooner or later if he doesn't keep this? You better win. (laughs) Shout out Dante Martin. Uh, Garrett, let's give the people the elevation results for this week. A.W. Dark Elevation, episode 64, kicked off with all Ego Ethan Page, accompanied by Dan Lambert with Scorpio Sky on commentary. This was as pure of a squash as you get in A.W. Um, not that you don't get them, but this was like a straight-up squash. Um, and Scorpio Sky just popped big. I think Scorpio Sky said something silly or something. I can't remember what it was, um, but whatever. And real quick, um, not to bury the lead, I'm so fucking happy for Ethan Page right now. Just getting on the pay-per-view, man. That, that, oh, absolutely. I fucking yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Hey, one of our boys, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, picked up the win with the Ego's Edge. Um, in match number two, we had Mer- Mercedes Martinez taking on a jobber for the – I think it basically was, right? For the uh, Ring of Honor Women's World title. Um, yeah. Yeah, they didn't even – yeah. Six, seven minutes. Uh, I, guess, I, I guess to get Mercedes Martinez on TV, they're just going to have her put her belt in line against anyone. Cool. I mean, I'm cool with that, but um, it adds some stakes to a a weather uh, otherwise meaningless match. I'm not sure about like having title matches all the time on dark. I'm cool with having the champions on dark, but let's say I don't know if we need to have titles defended all the time. It's going to be on dark. It should be in the main event, right? That's how I feel. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, it should have main evented. But anyway, one with the Brass City Sleeper. We had a. uh, It was it was it was six seven minutes. I mean, there wasn't really much they could do. You know. and so then Butcher and the Blade took on Varsity Blondes. Uh, there was a little miscommunication from the Blondes here. Um, and then they dragged the lake on them. So it was over pretty quickly. <laughs> um, yeah. Butcher and the Blade, I guess, needed to win. I I mean, the AFO pretty much always lose. It's always been like the meme that we've had on the show about and them. And now they're... Like, they're, they're in pay-per-view matches all the time, but they lose constantly. It's crazy, but like, you know. And they're more and more becoming reputable heels. So, hey, I'm cool with it. Heels that chase definitely one of my favorite. favorites. So, I remember saying that about Andrade's run in NXT. I remember thinking that. Like, he kind of just chases, and he doesn't need to win. And then when he won, it was huge, you know. Um, Got the first ever uh, NXT gosh. five-star match. Oof. Anyway, um... Yeah, so then we had actually one of my favorite dark matches this week, I would say. Um, Alex Reynolds took on uh, Lee Moriarty. Um, There's some good stuff in there. A little more aggressive Lee Moriarty. Maybe he's going to go to the combat club. Uh, but anyway. Um, he had a good week on dark too. Mm-hmm. And he won, picked the win with the Border City Stretch. So, uh, you know, credible win over a credible superstar from a good faction in the Dark Order. One of the main members of the Dark Order in Alex Reynolds. So that's pretty big. Um, all right. And in the next match, we had Sky Blue and Yuka Sakazaki. Yuka Sakazaki. Yuka Sakazaki taking on uh, Ami Sakura and Nyla Rose. Good. Yeah, that was better than last week. Um, <laughs> got more energy. But anyway, um, so I actually apparently did not take any notes on this match uh, for whatever reason. That's weird. Normally, I take notes on everything. Um, as far as I'm I know, they just kind of it looked like they were going to win, but then they got Sakazaki out of the picture so they could pin Sky Blue real quick. That's just kind of what yeah. I remember. Uh, let me look at actually I have the dark. You, I have that thing you have pulled up. Let me look if it says anything here specific. Yeah, um, in, in Sky Blue, man, again, she got a reaction. 
She always I does. I taking notes on this. Um, and see, Sky Blue. Oh, yeah. So she, I, I, I love that top rope splash or whatever the hell that Sakazaki does. Yep. That was one oh, thing beautiful. that. What? Yeah, it's beautiful. I, I'm glad she's here, man. I'm loving everything she does. Yeah. Keep keep, keep, keep Sakazaki around for a little bit. I like, I like the. I like what's going on there. It seems like she's around to stay for a little bit. And then it looks like uh, we picked up the win with the Beast Bomb. Um, yeah. And then in the main event of AEW Dark Elevation episode 64, we had the governor, Anthony Agogo. That was awesome. Take on uh, Mysterious Q. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, picked up the win with the governor's hammer still not into the 10 count knockout although on another match with anti Gogo on dark later this week they might have fixed that problem we'll see yeah and mysterious q looks like he's uh he wrestled a lot at the reality of wrestling so booker t's uh thing over in houston okay so he's a good brother you know yeah, he's just yeah, so cool we we always love anyone that uh i will always support reality of wrestling and i mean recently we just got aqa into aw from there so we see it all the time. Yeah. AEW Dark and my God, here we go. Chris Statlander. Chris Statlander versus Avery Brew. And I, I love this. Uh, Brew was really crocky for some reason against Statlander. But <laughs> Statlander just buried her ass. Literally. Uh, the JAS, Matt Menard, and Angelo Parker. My God, I kind of love this gimmick now as a 2.0. So new music. Great music, by the way. <laughs> they defeated Eli Isom and T.U.G. Cooper. Um, they cut a promo before, just kind of, you know, acknowledging who they are and that, you know, we can cut the music when we want. Shit like that. The double jumping mm-hmm. DDT from Menard and Parker looks really good. It, it works, man. These, This is their first match as a tag since they joined the Jericho Appreciation Society. So it feels like it's been a while since we saw him compared to when we saw him with Garcia literally wrestling every week. So, AQA. Way, I, if, okay. But if they ever tag with Jericho, their name should be Jericho 2.0. Anyway. um, I, I 100% agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, that being said, AQA defeated Brittany Jade. Speaking of AQA. And yeah, mm-hmm. she just hit her swinging netbreaker for the victory, so she's saving that uh, splash, I believe. All right, before we move on, I have takes on what I think because uh, seeing AQA again made me think, hmm, what would I do with AQA right there on this roster? So, possible ideas that I have here: she could become a baddie, although I don't think that's going to happen. That would be cool, though. Um, I don't know if she fits, but whatever, you know. Do they have to? Or she could take on Jade for the TBS title. That would be awesome too. Um, like build a legit or, I'm cool. Or, and this would just be my favorite, I think, because of the match they would have. Maybe she could take on Mercedes Martinez for the Ring of Honor title. I'm into that. Yeah, I'm into that. 100%. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt the flow there. But no, no, no. But speaking of really good things, uh, Lee Moriarty defeated Alan Angels in an incredible dark match. Honestly, best dark match in weeks, I would say. Not even trying to be funny because a lot of the matches recently that have had good stars and it have been squashes, and this was not the case. No, yeah, they've just been feeding people's records a lot of times, which is what they have to do a lot of times. So it makes dark boring sometimes. We were already two and zero this week, huh? Yeah, man. Maybe he's going to the club. Maybe he's going to join somebody else. I don't yeah, know. let's keep. I still on think that. a faction like I, I threw this out there a while ago. Like now that Jay Lethal has a faction, it'd be even cooler. Like maybe maybe he joins up with them. Like I don't know. That'd be cool. You know, he feels like a Ring of Honor guy, right? Like he feels like a Ring of Honor guy. Come on, you know, like. And hey, I am down with it. So, that being said, Sunny Kiss defeated Carly Bravo. Nice seeing Sunny Kiss back. Uh, yeah. Robin Renegade picks up a victory over Vicky Dreamboat. Uh, they used Twin Magic, and I mean, I think the whole thing here is. Renegades are picking up wins, Garrett. This is this is what I want. I want the Renegades to be signed because there is something there. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think clearly Tony wants to sign them. He keeps bringing them back. You know, people usually don't get brought back like this on no, Dark. They finally got like a Anthony win, Green. right? Even Tony Schiavone, you know, accusing the twin match. Like, dude, 
I'm into yeah, it. Yeah, Tony was like, "Nope, I hate you now. You're now you're the Adam Cole of the women's division now." <laughs> we had Anthony Agogo pick up another squash, and the fantastic gut punch shortly after a, earned a ref stoppage. Yeah, do more of that, please, with people like Agogo. Do you imagine if Wardlow just beat somebody to death, basically? You know, like, and they just called the match. It'd be so awesome. Do you imagine if that's the ending to MJF versus Wardlow? He just beats him until the ref calls for a stoppage. My God. <laughs> uh, Leafa Bates got a win in about 60 seconds, and I think the entire time Excalibur was just doing promo reads. Bro, I don't Moving think on. he finished him. I think she was too fast. <laughs> I think it was too fast. Like, bro. Rapungi Vice defeated the wingman of Nemeth and Peter Avalon, so Nemeth went from winning a bunch to uh, getting his ass beat, but I gotta say I like this. The dude I like that, was um, and Romero hit the uh, assisted stomp, and that's it. They they had a good week. They go on a face FTR, so... Yeah, Rapungi Vice just out there looking strong. You know what I mean? Like I, I hope this becomes like one of the major teams of AEW. I hope they sign uh, Rocky Romero to like a long term deal, you know, and we get this tag team for us the foreseeable future, you know. And like yeah. I would love to see a feud between like eventually if they break off, you know, if Rapungi Vice goes and does its own thing eventually, separate from the best friends or whatever, you know, I'd be kind of cool to see like maybe uh Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy feud with them or something. That'd be cool. And um, the fact that we're both on page with just Rapungi Vice back full time, awesome. We're cool with it. Yep. So, all right. Yeah. So, uh, I think it's now to get on to the main course here. So, Garrett, starting us off with Dynamite was my favorite. So, <laughs> going <laughs> after that, we then jump to a Jericho Appreciation Society entering the arena. Chris Jericho spots someone wearing a John Moxley shirt, hits him with a fireball, calls himself a wizard. Is the wizard thing working with you? Are you kind of just whatever on it, or is you, are you really liking it? No, I think it's. I think it fits. If it fits with the gimmick that they're going for, fine. I mean, I'm not. It's you know, I'd rather them not do the silliness. But I don't think Jericho is going to stick with the sports entertainment thing forever. Like I feel like. Even no, he detests that stuff. Jericho always point, evolves, you know? right? So absolutely, it's like he's almost doing like a throwback to his like twenty. What was that twenty seventeen run where he had the weird hair? You know, like yeah. um, so cool. Yeah, whatever. Hey, man, he, he's a wizard. So whatever. Uh, <laughs> so Hangman Page and his challenger uh, CM Punk come face to face. Excuse me. Punk says the biggest moment of his career happened in Las Vegas, and this Sunday he will leave Double or Nothing as World Champion. Page says there's nothing he can do. Punk says, now he understands why he took this so personally. It's just business. Rips the microphone out of Toshi Giovanni's hands. Tells Punk that he's going to embarrass him. And he doesn't mean this Sunday. He means right here, right now. Page says he saw himself giving his own version of the infamous pipe bomb promo. Page says he doesn't hate Punk, but he doesn't have any respect for what he's done since he's arrived. Says he talks a big game, but when it comes to his peers, he's doing nothing. So, I mean, yeah. Pretty good. Uh, I think this ends here with Punk shoving him and Paige cracks him with a punch that shoves Punk to the mat and the segment ends and we hit the commercial break. So They hit all the points that they wanted to here. I think maybe this could have been like maybe a tiny bit better. I don't know. I just feel like I expect a little rocky. I'd agree. But I think I think when they clip it, it worked their way through it though. It was like Punk took the lead on this and wasn't quite sure where to go with it, which is sometimes, you know, Punk does that sometimes. You know, it's because it's like it's it's not like a super complicated story they're going for here, you know? I mean, fuck, at the end of this, Hangman might be turning heel. You know what I mean? That's where we're at at this point, you know? Like, yeah, if Hangman retains, he's got to turn, right? Absolutely. If they, so, if they do the thing Meltzer's saying and they run it back, you know, at the next pay-per-view, I mean. Oh, I fucking hope not. Uh, I know. Give me, give me that CM Punk title ring. But anyway, we'll get to that yeah. in the next show. Yeah, so, um, yeah man. I mean, look. I he, they finally t- He finally punched him. Punk smiled. I, I think this just affirms the way I see the result going on Sunday. And I just, I, I can't imagine Punk loses here after this. Like, I'd be shocked. I, I'll give it to you, man. I would be shocked. I wouldn't be mad. hundred percent. The result. So, and that's why it might happen because, you know, just like WWE likes to pull the rug out. Sometimes Tony Khan's the same way. He loves that feeling of not knowing in wrestling, you know? Um, so, it, I've heard him talk about it. You know, that surprises, he loves surprises, you know, so. Yeah, um, so John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, love seeing them team together again. <laughs> First private party. I like that in AEW, um, even though they just, they haven't, you know, 
been working the same programs together, they're still friends. Like, they're still good brothers. They're still going to wrestle. So, this is fun, man. I mean, Eddie Kingston, dude, just well, coming out to John Moxley's music kind of popped me a little bit, too. <laughs> I yeah. just love it, man. You can tell he's just one of those guys. Isaiah Cassidy, dude. Man. I am a fan of Isaiah Cassidy, especially just he makes it work all the time, you know? I like their gear. Agreed. It was a different look, and I, I dug it. They went somewhere. I love when wrestlers do that. Like I can't think of one. There was a female superstar back in like whenever we were reviewing uh, WWE stuff all the time, and they had like some really randomly super out there gear for them. Yeah. It, was, it popped me, and I was like, oh, this is really good. This is an example of that, I think. They got obliterated, though. Um, I'm so excited for the Anarchy in the Arena match. Man, that's going to be nuts. Eddie's going to be a lot of fun. So, after the match, Joss Yas rushed uh, rushed the ring, and the ball <laughs> begins. Danielson and Santana Ortiz make the save. So everyone that was kind of worried, like, is this uh, uh, Danielson injury legit? Doesn't look like it. And considering yeah, it wrestled no. on Friday, we got the announcement after this. You know, good to know. We don't. We can't have Danielson hurt. But Garrett, I gotta toss something at you. All right, so a little bit of a little bit of fantasy booking time. Uh, Batista to help us out here. Give me what I want. So, All right. Danielson, the the injury may the fact that he almost got injured again scared me. And I gotta say, they they can't waste this at Forbidden Door. Just run Brian Danielson versus Okada. Oh, just get the dream match out of the way because you never know if you're gonna have the opportunity again. All right, right. So yeah, I, I agreed. Agreed. Yeah, that's just kind of what I immediately best in the world, best in North America versus best in Japan. I mean, yeah, yeah. So uh, that was just where my brain went right away. I'm like, please God, who truly is the best in the world? You know what I mean? Decide it once and for all. You know what I mean? And let's get some singles matches. And, and please let Danielson win, please. <laughs> so we had FTR as champions versus Rapungi Vice, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. I'm gonna let you take the lead on this because this was almost your favorite. It was literally like on the edge. It was for most of the week. Um, yeah, so it was, dude, it was it was like, okay, so I love writing this in my notes. It was a slow but a fast start. So it started off really slow, but then boom, it just hit off like a rocket because that's the way that uh, Rocky and uh, Trent wrestle, you know? Um, Thank you, excuse me. fast. Oh, it's, it, it's that New Japan style, man. But anyway, um, by the way, this match makes me really think I'm, I so hope that they do something with New Japan with uh, FTR. But anyway, um, yeah, so Rocky and Cash were like, they just jumped on. I think they did like the double, uh, you know, dive over the top to start it off. And we got a really nice exchange of chops between uh, Dax and Trent. I forget every now and then how hard Trent hits people because, you know, like there's so many people with hard chops. Like you have Eddie Kingston, but then you have Trent who's like doesn't look like he hits that hard, like with a chop specifically. But Trent like, is not the junior heavyweight he used to be. <laughs> not at all. Um, and Dax, we know, hits like an absolute like hammer, you know, so um, yeah. he's, Dax the axe, you know what I mean? But anyway, um, but uh, and then Cash got an absolutely roar from the crowd in his hot tag um and it and it all came together with just a beautiful run-in by the united empire which i believe is obviously gonna it seems like be setting something up for forbidden door which is just yep. like that's gonna be an incredible a match DQ, the first dq since cm punk and uh blanking on his name right now mr vlog squad uh Sean Dean. So our first oh, yes, DQ yes, yes, in yes, what? Yes. Five, six months? So yeah, like at the beginning of the MJF CM this, Punk feud. This was literally. a legitimately surprising result and a legitimate surprising debut. United Empire is Will Ospreay's faction. And I if we get United Empire versus FTR, that is a true forbidden door match. Right? And Great O'Con, we gotta talk about this a little bit because we mentioned it earlier. After this match, he he he's having some fun in Las Vegas, man. He's getting spanked. He's he's <laughs> he's riding a big giant penis. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just having the time of his life getting over. So, hey, man, this got me even more excited, and the post match got me even more excited with Great Ocon doing this. So, I'm with you, man. <laughs> in terms of a whole segment, including the debut. 
this this was up there as one of my favorites too. And this this result works for what they're doing. And if it's a triple threat at Forbidden Door, that's cool too. Let's get a title on the line. Fuck it. Send it in. Yeah. Might as well, right? Send it. Um Bro, I mean it's just like it's it just keeps they keep and what's what was nuts about the course of this week too is like we had like what was it, like two matches, three matches added to, to, to the pay per view across the course of this week, like which yeah, I didn't expect to happen, you know. Yeah, there's one on Rampage. I can't believe they added. Uh, back from the break, we see Matt and Jeff Hardy backstage. Matt says he and Jeff have a few similarities to Matt and Nick Jackson, and while they're elite, just they're just Hardy Boys cosplayers. Third time we've heard that. And it made sense uh, for what we get to on Rampage. Absolutely. So this is their final run. And after the Young Bucks, they're just going to go on to be AEW World Tag Team Champions. And look, man, if they beat the Young Bucks, they absolutely should go for the belts next. We, yeah, we, should, we, we should get a Hardy Boys title run. It's just... I Do we need it now, though? I hope it's yeah. not too long. <laughs> Do, do we want whoever comes out of that triple threat to just be like transitional? You know, does that mean that the that, that Luchasaurus and or they just don't have to or retain? we don't have another winner out of the triple threat, right? So yeah, it's gonna play into our predictions for sure on what what we think could go down because they're yeah, going. The, yeah, yeah. The Hardy Boys need a title run. It's just it's gonna happen. I just I'm thinking about that match on paper and. I don't know. Luchasaurus wrestles a lot faster than a lot of big guys do, and I don't know if the Hardys can keep up with that anymore. You know, like yeah. Anyway, I, they they have some pressure on them Sunday. So Swerve Strickland, Ricky Starks, Jungle Boy. I mean, talk about a fast paced offense going on here, dude. And I gotta say it, man. There is just something about Swerve. Every time he hits the ring. The energy changes, and who who else? Who does that happen for? Every single time, it's just incredible to me. So, um, Starks, it's Starks sticking out, Swerve sticking out, Jungle Boy, you yep. name it. I think when the match is all said and done, and Swerve hits the super kick, and then the stir- Swerve stomp for the one two three on Starks. I like Swerve winning. I like Jungle Boy not being pinned. Because, you know, our tag champions don't need to get beaten as often as they sometimes do. Yeah, absolutely. And they usually kind of gimmick gimmick out of it. And this is the kind of one I like. Now, mm-hmm. does this set up Ricky Starks potentially being the one to win on Sunday? My God, I hope so, right? What did That'd you think awesome. of this one? <laughs> um, Jez, I wrote – it was one of those spot fests that I just wrote down a bunch of my favorite spots from, um, which – so there was a face buster that was uh, counted into a Hurricane Rana, which is just a great, that's just great wrestling psychology there. Um, Stark's matrixing under the turnbuckle, which I might've been a shoot. You might've actually been like, shit, I didn't think I was not going to fit under here, but um, <laughs> yeah, the kind of duck He's like, well, so, but either way it looked awesome. Uh, Swerve landing on his feet off of a poison Rana. My God. Yeah, um, they had a wild ending sequence, change trading the finishes, like, and then Keith Lee hitting a tope is not something I thought I'd see in my oh, life. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, I didn't that, think I'd see that. The post, the post match with all the big guys, dude. How is it possible Keith Lee can throw himself like that? What? What I know, right? What kind of what? What did he do? He got that super soldier serum from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm Bro, it's it's the only explanation at this point. Um. Keith Lee, the flag smasher. I am excited to see that all three big men finally like really start tossing hands this week. It feels like that's been a long time coming too, man. We talk about these long storylines that always have room to breathe. Absolutely. Like I, I feel like we haven't seen these guys touch much at all. No, just mostly been like, you know, kind of building it up over time and then, it's slow burn of bringing in the other team. I mean, it was like, it was like, we didn't know where the story was going to go between, you know, uh, jungle boy. And it was basically between jungle boy and Ricky Starks was where the story was going. Right. Which would have been cool. But then they incorporate, you know, swerve in his glory. And it really just, it added that little element that you like thought was maybe missing if you were watching it, maybe. And yeah, it's perfect. And going off that, we see Dan Lambert backstage. He says a new TNT belt will be presented to Scorpio Sky on Friday. And I instantly got so excited for that, man. 
yeah man and then dude oh i'm so excited to talk about when we get to it but it's like it's it i was excited i was like there's no way scorpio is getting a, a stupid looking title you know like no and you know what i'll say it if we're gonna have the tradition be because like miro got a custom championship I, let's do it give everybody custom championships sammy technically had two so that's kind of custom you know what i'm saying like if, if that's what we're gonna do if everybody gets a custom tnt championship i'm down with that you know what it makes the belt i mean there'll be like 19 different belts but man, that's just fodder for the video game. So fuck it. Agreed. Um, agreed. So Tony Schiavone is on the stage. AEW Women's Champion Thunder Rosa is introduced. And Garrett, she does not have on the war paint. No. He said Serena Deeb is not a champion. And that Deeb needs to look at herself in the mirror and blame herself instead of everyone else. And this Sunday at Double or Nothing, the war paint will be on. And she'll teach the professor about respect. Bro, why does the AEW music guy hate Thunder Rosa? I don't know. And I've, I've hated that they're constantly on the uh, ramp. This entire feud, it feels like there was one. Yeah, week has she in been ring. in the ring for a promo? There, there was one week, and no, it was Serena Deeb in the ring. I don't even think Thunder Rosa. Oh wins. yeah, no, because she dressed down uh, Dustin. Uh, yeah, Dustin and T- Tony or whatever. This yeah. build has sucked. That being said, not all of them can be perfect going into double or nothing. And I think they, we threw this in late, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. It was it just got thrown in way too late, which sucks. But because other matches have been literally just thrown onto the card, but like they might just be on paper good enough. Not that this is not. It's just that this this feud. You know, you want this feud because both are good enough on the mic that it should be awesome and it should be like multiple months long. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe they they run this back a couple of times. I don't know, but. Um, yeah, normally they don't do that with the titles, though. So I don't know. It's it's, good. it's an interesting one, you know. Um, yeah, and hey, you know, we got some interesting direction going here. Let's just hope the match is good and we forget about the build, right? No, the match is going to be incredible. At least it should be, you know. So yeah, one hundred percent should be. So, Doctor Britt Baker. Uh, we see Red Velvet backstage. Red yeah. says she should have won the Owen Hart Cup, and Ruby interrupts. Red gives Ruby a book that has everything she needs to beat Chris Statlander, but Ruby tosses the book aside and says she'll keep some of it in mind. I like that Red Velvet's kind of taking the Statlander thing personal. She should. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's Red Velvet. um, I I keep saying this, but like Red Velvet is just so perfect. Like, I don't know why they hadn't just like, I know maybe she maybe she didn't want to turn heel or they didn't want to turn her heel. But this is just like, I don't know. This might be Red Velvet. Like, just might be like one of those perfect, you know, those people that are just like, like the Miz has never really been a baby face ever in his career. No. Really? The only time he was and it worked was against Shane McMahon. Yeah. I mean, the only time he is, is against people that the crowd just does not want to win, you know, like, which fair enough, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, th- maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's Red Velvet's role. Maybe she's just like a perfect deal. I don't know, but we'll have to see, you know, but um, yeah, I actually, you know, for, for backstage segments, I actually like did actually enjoy this a little bit and agree. And it made narrative sense. Yeah. Anything that moves our story forward, right? Britt mm-hmm. Baker versus Tony Storm, the Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament semifinals. This uh, quick commercial break in this one. Yeah, quick commercial break. But I gotta say, man, this match to me lived up to its hype. We were looking forward it, to. It, it felt a little short to me, honestly. Oh, like it felt like they didn't get as, as much time as I thought they would. It was only given about nine minutes. I remember seeing, and I gotta say, I just I think that these guys had some good chemistry together. Oh yeah, for sure. I would like to see this feud ram back. Yeah, for so sure. Whether Britt wins this tournament, which I hope she doesn't, um, or you know whatever happens, I think this is a good non-title women's feud, which has truly been one of the bigger struggles in the company. And if we can yes. keep this going, you know, hey, let's let Ruby get this win here and and move on. And that being said, man, there was a couple good spots here and. Uh, when she hit the Storm Zero and Baker rolled out and then slammed Storm and rolled her up out of the ropes and got the three count. I, I like the ending sequence. And did you like that Britt Baker got pretty upset when Jamie Hayter came out? Um, kind of showed mean, a little bit of change in her keeps character. Feeding, they, they're going to keep feeding that just like they did MJF Wardlow for years. You know, like I don't know how long it'll be till we see that. Cause I probably want to give Wardlow versus MJF time to breathe before they ever run that back now, which kind of sucks. Cause I want to see them break off from each other at some point, you know, especially after her run in the tournament, man, Jamie is just so great, but you know, like remember what we were saying early on, it'd be awesome if Jamie Hader won this tournament and it just didn't work out, but like, uh, yeah, eh, whatever, 
we'll see. I'd like to see that feud eventually, but um, you know, it is weird that Tony was in this tournament at all. It, it, you know, because it's great that she was in it, but like, it is weird that like so early on in her career in AEW, she's taking such a high profile loss. You know, um, hey, but you, you, we've said it before now. You can't have, you can't. All these new debuts cannot be undefeated. That's true. I mean, even Adam Cole. Else. Yep, you got to eat L's eventually, and I mean, eating it to the most successful champion doesn't hurt. Well, that's, that's Paul, true. Takaro Shida is the most successful champion, but yeah. So our main event here, Garrett. Oh my god, this was good shit. Samoa <laughs> Joe versus Kyle O. Fucking Riley. I I really had to hold back from giving this my favorite, but little preface here. Before NXT became 2.0, it looked like when Samoa Joe won that title recently, like, what is it, seven months ago now, when he won that title, it looked like they were setting him up to wrestle guys like Kyle O'Reilly. And I truly believe this is the feud we would have gotten at the TakeOver. And holy shit, if it was anything like this, I would have been so down, dude. Absolutely. These guys work so well together. What the hell? Like, what the hell? Oh, I, I knew on this, on paper, this people were like, oh, this is Clash of Styles. Like, no, dude, they're actually kind of perfect for each other. Yeah, Because Kyle has proven he can wrestle any type of body, and that's what makes him so versatile. We can yes. put Kyle out there with Luchasaurus in a one-on-one, and it's going to be good. You can put Kyle out there with and this is, this is me putting good. Luchasaurus over big. I think you can put Luchasaurus out there against anybody one-on-one, and it's going to be good, but that's just No, me. but just, just in terms of like some of the bigger, biggest guy wrestlers that they have, Oh, absolutely. Okay. I, I, I agree. You can stick him out there with a go-go. There you go. Someone who's pretty raw still. Because he yeah, makes I long see that pretty now. good. So. Um, dude, there was some sick early trading back and forth of transitions and holds. And it's just like, the. I think my favorite spot was um, <clears throat> the, the Joe set up a muscle buster and it got reversed into a Fujiwara armbar, which I did not think I would ever see. Um, yeah. That was sick. Um. And I really liked the finish, man. Like this was just a man. This is a good build. This whole tournament has just been incredible, which is what we predicted. Pleasure. Months ago, we predicted this was going to be probably pretty awesome because of the name Owen on it. You're not going to put nerds in those matches, and it's lived up. It is absolutely lived. Absolutely lived up. I'm doing it too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, the the fucking. The Pele kick, like that whole that whole sequence that resulted in the Pele kick, you know what I'm talking about? Like kind of towards the end, mm-hmm. just so fucking. I I need to see this match again. That's where I'm at, and yeah. So Kyle is wrestling at the pay per view, which we're about to talk about here in a second. So, hey man, the Dynamite Go Home Show, thumbs up, thumbs down, World Garrett. What are you going? This is a thumbs up for me. Agreed. And it's a thumbs up for me as well. So let's dive into AEW Rampage. This is Rampage, baby. Rampage. Brian Danielson versus Matt Seidel. Holy shit. This match had no business being this good. Nah, I had people sleep on Matt Seidel. Oh, man. I'm telling you, bro. I thought. Could you believe how much offense he was getting, though? I mean, I feel like every time we've seen him wrestle lately. Outside of the one CM Punk match, he kind of has a certain, you know, amount of offense. You could say a routine almost of the amount of offense they, they give him. Like, yeah. I mean, Matt Seidel is kind of like the CM Punk. It. He's like kind of like the high-flying CM Punk, uh, which I guess technically that way, if you really wanted to be, that'd be, that'd be Johnny Elite. But whatever. Like, because for years, he was just out there on the indies. And they never signed him again in WWE, so he just stayed on the indies. You know, like... Yeah, um, and, and dude, this was I'm almost convinced if Danielson wasn't wasn't at the pay-per-view, maybe he maybe he would have let Seidel get one over him. How good has Seidel been for this company? It feels like every week we're we're talking about him one way or another, and the guy just wants to get out there and wrestle. It's night and day from when he debuted in AEW, man. Like whew. He literally was at the very high of the mountain and just plummeted instantly with that fucking I'm never going to forget that. That was one of the greatest moments of wrestling I've ever seen, but not as great as the Titus World Slide, though. Um, that was great. 
But yeah, man, this was this was awesome. This was such a great way. To, I was so happy to start Rampage off with this match. Yes, and beautiful stuff. I fucking loved it, man. So Danielson picks up the win, of course, with the uh, wrist lock. I think Danielson can counter any move, by the way. I wrote that in my notes. Um, I think he can literally counter anything into any move he wants to, any submission. Which, please, I just I just want next week. I, I'm not going to bring Batista back. He's already here, but Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr., fucking please have that match be before Forbidden Door. Oh. Like, I'm, I, I'm convinced they're going to have some New Japan guys over here because – uh, that one Bro. show they're all working. Meltzer is going to have to give that match match of the year. It has to be at Forbidden Door. <laughs> like, part of me almost thinks maybe we'll get Great Okan wrestling Rapungi Vice at Dynamite. Or, you know, certain styles of matches. Well, they did say we were going to get a bunch of New Japan AEW Dream matches on the road to Forbidden Door. So, it's Daniel not just going to be on Zach the Sabre Jr. While I don't think they would do that one at the show, if they did them, cool. Just toss that one on Dynamite. Let it go in the main event and let them fucking roll. <laughs> you know the match we want. I mean, the one that I want super bad is Dante Martin versus Will Ospreay. But I mean, you know, maybe throw Bandito in there. Fuck it. Fuck it. Send it in. So, yeah, man. Um, we go to the break uh, video package highlighting the friendship between Hook and Dan Housen. There was a great line from Ricky. I don't know when it was, but so I'm just going to say it here. Uh, they pretty much asked him, is Hook a member or, or is Dan Housen a member of Team Taz, an honorary member? And he said, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Ricky Starks, dude. The guy is gold. Um, the Hook betrayal arc has begun. The Young Bucks with Gangrel and Brandon Cutler dressed as Lita were cosplaying the Hardy Boys. Matt was Matt <laughs> was Matt Hardy. He even did the infamous fall, and G- <laughs> and Nick was Jeff Hardy. They went all out with this dude. The, the video graphics, the fall, the moves. Brandon Cutler with the fucking dress up as Lita. I can't believe this fucking shit, man. What did, What did you think of this? I mean, and and Taylor Russ was in there. Uh, first yeah, time, first uh, yeah. Shout outs to Rust, uh, dude. I just this was so fun. Like the, the Young Bucks had, are really, really smart in the wrestling business in one way that they can take like one phrase and just fixate on that, and then it can make a whole segment out of it, and it's really great. And it's when like you know, you know, I'm gonna make a comparison that the Young Bucks will probably hate if they ever hear it. I think they are the Randy Orton of tag teams, where when they really want to show up, it is the best match on the card. But if they're not feeling what they're doing, it might not be that good, you know, like um, to most people's eyes. But I think people have these sort of like, I don't know if it's like the equivalent of like beer goggles for wrestling, you know, where they just can't see that the Young Bucks have ever had a bad match. But I'm not always 1,000% satisfied with everything they do, you know. Um so hey man i'm one of those people bro toss me the goggles you might be the you might be the man making the goggles but um because <laughs> it's even shit like this bro i just love it every time like that's why i'm saying when it's good it's great but when it's it's okay i'm not like 1000 percent on board with the young bucks and that's because and, and maybe this is because i don't believe they're the best tag team in the world but that's just me you know um FTR all day, baby. Anyway, um, what do you think of the Gangrel spot? Fun, fun, yeah, fun. good for him, bro. Get him a his quick leg looks check. like it's about to break every time he walks. Um, <laughs> get him a quick check, you know. Fuck yeah, it. I don't know what's up with that. I think it's just the kind of boots he wears, but um, or maybe he's just got like long, long ankles or something, and it's, you know. Anyway, um, ankles. It was good. Yeah, so this was fun, man. Uh, the Hardys came out and attacked, or well, they tried to make the save, but uh, the, the Jacksons attacked. Gangrel was pretty cool. So uh, they all beat the shit out of Cutler. Yes. Max Caster with the ass boys, Billy Gunn and Anthony Bowens via wheelchair <laughs> versus Dante Martin. Uh, dude, I love it. The ass boys fit so well with the Max ass claimed. It It works so fucking well, dude. Um, it was a chaotic ass intro. You had good, I mean, it was good. It was pretty good for Max Caster, the ass boys getting the city wrong on purpose, which I thought was awesome. 
Um, Let them do it, man. This this is going to benefit both of them. Like, because Max Caster, here's the thing. He was more than likely going to eat the pin here, right? Because Dante Martin is, is still, thankfully, being protected, which we were worried about once Darius got hurt, if, if maybe he's going to fall back down the card. That is clearly not the case. Thank God. But they also referenced these guys were in the first ever Dark Elevation, had a match together. They showed highlights from that match. Like, what? That's so fucking cool. Um, I love this, man. Garrett, I... I Max Caster versus Dante Martin. If a year ago, if you would have told me, "Hey, man, yeah, on a on a on a AEW rampage," I would have been like, "What's that?" Where Brian Danielson and the Young Bucks are wrestling? <laughs> uh, yeah, you're you're gonna love Max Caster versus Dante Martin, and you're gonna be all into the promos. You're gonna be all into the post match. I'd be like, "You're out of your fucking mind." But here we are, Dante Martin. I just love that this was a match on a squash, even on like Dark Elevation episode one, which is kind of crazy. Like sixty up, the sixty weeks ago. That's kind of yeah. So that's insane, you know. Yeah, we get a video package hyping up the Owen Hart Foundation Men's Final between Cole and Samoa Joe, and then TNT Champ Scorpio Sky makes his way down to the ring alongside Paige and Lambert, and he's presented with his new championship title. Oh, it's kind of got just, the LA colors, the Laker colors, if you will. Mm-hmm. It looked beautiful, man. It looks so good. He looked good. Paige looked good. And then uh, America Top Team Jim gets broken into, which, for what it's worth, I don't hate it. I don't like Kazarian being with them. He's like the weird dad. Uh, but whatever. Gets Kazarian on the pay-per-view, I guess. Cool. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. They steal the BMF championship. Kazarian tells Lambert if he's interested in getting those belt back, make sure Sky and Paige are double or nothing. Conti tells them to bring Van Zant as well. So we're getting the six-person mixed tag match, Garrett. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's gonna be fine. I'm I did not I didn't see that coming. I did not see no, that no, pay-per-view. I mean, maybe this should have been, and again, this is not meant as disrespect to any of the performers involved. Maybe this. I know you can't have Scorpio be on the pre-show, man. Like, yeah, no, I don't you know. You have to have your champion on, and there what do you bump to the pre-show, man? That's the problem. All the matches they threw on are kind of like too big to put on the pre-show. Is O'Reilly versus Darby too? Big? Yeah, it's too big. <sighs> as far as I know, there's only one pre-show match. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You could have two. So usually they do. But the reason why? Do you know the reason why there's only one match on the pre-show? Um, I heard Tony Khan say this during uh, the Double or Nothing preview for. Uh, unrestricted today, which is because that's how they're getting around the main event being pushed back is they're going to have new stuff that happens if the finals go long or whatever. Okay. Um, And so they can't have like a whole lot of wrestling on the pre-show, I guess, because of that. Um, Because they're going to be starting the wrestling like when the show starts. It's something like that. I can't remember the exact details. There's some some science behind it and I I like that. There's some wrestling math going on. So cool. Uh, Ethan Page gets on the pay-per-view. Kyle O'Reilly. We actually, I skipped that. But Kyle O'Reilly is facing Darby Allen at Double or Nothing. I'm very shocked by that. I, I did not see that coming at all. But I am so down with it. Get these guys on the show. That, I think, is going to be a quick one, though. So With... With 12 matches now on the pay-per-view, one of these is going to be a squash. Uh, no, I think some of these are literally just padding matches for if if the, they need to, you know what I mean, to stretch for the main event or whatever. Yeah, so it's, it should be good. Um, other than that, we've we've already talked about the main event. Uh, the Britt Baker promo after, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but Ruby was getting booed. I, I mean, kind of weird, right? So... So let's talk about Chris Statlander's pre-match promo really quickly. That was so good, dude. It was unbelievably good. Like she, that's why the crowd turned on Ruby. Like every once in a while, we see one of these Mark Henry things, and it's like, holy shit, that's how you take advantage of this. Mm -hmm. Like I still like it because it kind of gives me like a weird Saturday. There was one a couple of weeks ago that was super good. Let me let me look that up. Yeah, and and it worked. So yeah, man, I gotta say this uh, Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho cool 
I thought it was either Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida or Soho, and this is what we get. So it works for me. Um, we will talk about who we think are going to win these matches here uh, in a minute. Or for you guys, you can check out the podcast. It's going to be already in your feeds by the time you're if you're already here. Our double or nothing predictions. Holy shit, man. Yes, 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 yes. So, yeah, I guess closing thoughts. Uh, come back, hang around this weekend, man. And then we're going to be back Wednesday with a new format on the show. Not really a new format, but we got some new images, new pick, new, uh, some new stuff. So, other than that, Garrett, are you ready to make these fucking predictions at double or nothing? Absolutely. So, guys, Skip. make sure you check that fucking video out. We will catch you on the flip side, Vision. Otor, Heart of Darkness, out and out. North Warcraft, YouTube channel. You need to leave!